Did they turn me on? Yes. <laughs> Thank you guys. Good job, Levi and team. Well, good morning, everybody. And if it's your first time here and you were hoping to see Pastor Mike, he is away. And I'm actually the third string. <laughs> it's the truth. And our second string would have been up here this morning, but he and his wife went out and had a baby. <laughs> but before I get started with the message that the Lord has given me for you guys, I just want um, John Lorenzo to come up because this little story that we're going to share ties in perfectly with what the Lord has given me to share with you guys. <laughs> so, so most of you all know already that John and I have a special relationship when we were doing homeless ministry and I would go and introduce John or whatever and I would say and I'm going to bring up my son and John would come up and they're looking like that's her son because <laughs> it's just been such a spiritual bond but I didn't know how deep and tight that bond was until last December. This past December, our youth came up and they did an amazing dance. What was the name of that one, John? Now you put me on the spot. You know the one. All you, you guys remember. One. It was Lifehouse. Yep, that's who it was. Yes, and it was amazing. John played the part of Jesus and his wife, Rebecca, was part of that as well. And so afterwards, we were all just on fire. It blew us away. And Rebecca was standing out there in the foyer, leaning up against the wall. And I walked by, and she smiled at me. Nothing unusual about that. But she locked eyes with me and wouldn't let go. I'm like, so I turned, because I'm going to hospitality. And I turned and continued to walk. And I look over my shoulder. Her smile got bigger right away. I'm like, Lord, what was that? What was that? So I go on about my day and all of that, and I go home, and that night, about four in the morning, I wake up, and I went, oh my gosh, they're pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I come back the next Sunday, and I'm all excited, and I go to them, and I'm, I didn't want to say it, because I want them to tell me. And finally, they're like, we are not pregnant. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? We are not pregnant. And Rebecca, she's so sweet, she just kind of laughed at me and kind of patted me, and, oh, Miss Blanche, get out of here with that. <laughs> but this one, I called him on the courtyard, and I'm like, John, I... I got that message, and he went right into father mode. Well, the reason we're not pregnant is, <laughs> and the insurance is not right, and my job is not right, and the money, and da, 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 and I was like, okay, okay, and I had to leave it alone. So, just I don't know. Days later, almost, we had the women's retreat. Well, I guess I better put the part where I texted them 
because that's how we know when our baby was due. Because I texted them and said, I'm sorry, but God told me there was a baby. She was persistent. <laughs> and they're, they're still trying to just, you know, it's Miss Blanche. You know, she, she might be getting to that place where her mind's not right. So, I'm like, I think we said, oh, bless her heart. <laughs> oh, bless her heart. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, okay. Well, fast forward just a few days almost. We had the women's retreat. I go to the retreat, and there's Rebecca. She's come to find me, to pull me in the corner, because she's got something to tell me. I'm like, what, what? We're pregnant. <laughs> so what I told you, you didn't believe me, but when the doctor told you, what? What just happened? And our baby was born nine months and four days after that December 10th text. And my date actually was better than the doctor's because the doctor said she was coming when? Uh, nine, seven, nine, six. Nine, six. Yep. And I said the 10th because I was counting exactly nine months from that text. Well, she was a little late. She came on the 14th. That's because you knew before we, anybody knew. <laughs> thank you, Jim. Yeah, thank you. But this morning, our message is going to tie into that and the importance of learning how to hear from God and spending enough time with him so that you know and understand when it's God and not your ego or whatever else it might be. But before I get into that, just a little bit about myself, just so y'all know just a little bit. I'm one of six children, grew up here in St. Petersburg, grew up in a home that wasn't so nice, wasn't so kind, wasn't so peaceful, and because there was alcoholism involved. So I was always looking for a refuge, and I had an aunt who had a wonderful home. Her home smelled good. Her food was always plentiful. And my siblings and I, we try to make our way there as often as we can, just to get away from the madness. And we also had my grandmother. My grandmother was like perfect. In fact, my grandmother was like a grandmother from TV. Y'all remember Aunt B from Mayberry? That could have been my grandma. Kind, loving, warm, great cook. Her house smelled like home-baked bread. She always smelled good when you hugged her, and she always held you so tight. Just, just a wonderful grandmother. And other than being a great cook, she loved Jesus. Oh my gosh, my grandmother went to church. We attended the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in St. Pete, and we would go and hear these great messages. And you know, when you're a little kid, sometimes you just go and you just want to be close to your grandma, scribbling, writing, whatever, not always paying attention. But at the Seventh-day Adventist Church during the summer, every summer they had a big tent revival. And we always went. And you know, that tent revival like we just had reminded me of that. And I think that's why I went every night because it reminded me of my roots. But I remember going one night to that tent revival and they had brought this pastor in from out of town and he was talking about God and Jesus. 
and just how Jesus wants us all in right relationship with him and that he loved us. And in spite of all of our stuff and our background and an alcoholic household and all of that trouble, he loved us. He wanted us with him. And life could be different and better and all that. Next thing you know, I'm out of my chair and I'm walking up to that altar because I wanted some of that. My poor grandmother, she's sitting there. She's like, where are you going? And it was just me and that pastor and the Holy Spirit. I could hear like God was talking to my spirit. I'm nine, you guys, but he was talking to my spirit and I was mesmerized and I wanted some of that. And there was no way anybody was gonna, gonna stop me that night. That's our um, first fill in there. Establishing a relationship is important in order to hear from God. I am the God, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Well, I go up there and I'm listening and they talk about baptism. Well, I'm excited now. So after the service, my grandmother and I, we climb into her little rambler and we drive back home and I'm talking the whole time. You know, I'm using words she didn't even know I knew. I'm talking about salvation and resurrection and redemption. And I was on fire, you know. I'm like, oh, I'm just, this is what I've been hoping for and waiting for. So we get in front of my house. Grandma drops me off. We say our good nights or whatever. And I go inside, and I'm trying to share with the family. And they are just looking at me. And finally, when I said to them that I wanted to be baptized, somebody said, you are too young. You don't even know what those people were talking about over there. They just want people's money, and they have to baptize so many people, so I don't even know why you're talking about all of it. I felt like I had been punched in my gut. I'm like, what just happened? And then my mom said, you are too young. You will not get baptized until you're at least 12. And I turned and walked away, went in the little room that I shared with everybody else. But let me tell you guys something. That was the best thing that could have happened to me. Because what I learned that night was people can give you rules, they can give you regulations, they can even talk protocol, but they can't take Jesus. <laughs> they can't take Jesus. I went in that little room, in that little corner that I have, and guess what? That same Jesus was right there. I'm like, Lord, you got to help my family. You got to help this household, Lord. I need you here. And from that day to these 64 years I stand here now, it's been me and God. It's personal. And I just want us to understand that. You know, people want to dictate to you how it needs to look what you need to do, what you need to say. You know, like sometimes, I I'm going to use you, Jacob. See, Jacob, right there. Hold your hand, Jacob. Jacob worships like he got a personal relationship with God. Now, for some of us, our idea of worshiping in church, we do mild manner. Keep in mind, our group seven-day Adventist, I don't think I ever heard anybody say amen when I was growing up in that church. It's just the way it was. You know, Ethel and I was talking. She could, I was in the Episcopal church. I know they ain't say nothing in there. So I was, 
But when you get to a place, regardless of your so-called religion or how they, how they brought you up, when you get to that place that late at night, it's just you and God, you could care less about protocol. Oh my gosh, when it's just you, when you've gotten a diagnosis, and some of you guys know my story, I got a diagnosis of cancer, and now you're trying to tell me that I got to sit proper and say certain things? Oh no, when I'm up here sometimes, and my hands are up, and I'm clapping, I'm telling God, thank you for waking me up. Thank you, Lord, that I am well, life is good, and it's so different for all of us. It's so different because all of our experiences are so different, and that's what God wants. You know, all of this stuff he's put in us, he knows your little quirks. He knows you want to sit in a certain seat, Dave. <laughs> Oh my God, me and Dave got this thing. Every week we run into the second row. I'm like, nah, who gonna get the seat this week? This is me and Dave. But it's so funny because I always tell Dave, if Pastor Mike knew we were doing this, he'd throw us out of here because <laughs> he don't believe in all of that. You got a special seat and all of that. This special relationship with God just means that he wants us to gather all of our life experiences, our Bible knowledge, no matter how little it is. And that's another thing that trips people up because I'm not a Bible scholar. I don't understand that stuff in the Bible. God knows what he's put in you. If all you can understand is Jesus wept and you read that and you share that, God's like, look at my girl. Look at my guy. Oh, you know, read Jesus well 39 times this week. Oh, whatever it takes. He just don't want us to be phony and fake. Just be you and watch what he does. The same God who created this world dwells within us. Once we accept him as our Lord and Savior, and we decide to spend a little time with him, God takes that time and he anoints it. He will give you knowledge and understanding that you didn't even know was in you. He just wants just a little time. We want to get to that place where it's more than just a Sunday morning thing to spend time with God. We want to get to that place where he is just as much a part of us as our phone. Yeah, I said phone. Because just in this short time that I've been up here, some of you guys have had a phone to either chirp, vibrate, or jiggle. And I don't care how much we try to deny it, that phone gets our attention. My prayer is that we get to feel and sense the urging of the Holy Spirit the same way and that we learn how to respond to it. But in the meantime, until you get to that place and you're so sensitive to your phone when it chirps, jiggles, or vibrates, let's take a minute to pray for our loved ones. And better yet, let's pray for someone who's not so lovable.
Use that phone. Don't let it use you. And also believe God for a new revelation for yourself and for that person. I know some of you are thinking there's no way I can pray every time I look at my phone that would take way too much time out of my day. Well, that means perhaps you're spending way too much time with your phone and not enough time with the Lord. So, Paul, when you behave like that, that encourages my bad behavior. So be careful now. Be careful. We want to establish and strengthen our connection to the vine, just as God directs us by studying his word and waiting to get a revelation for him. Bible says, the Lord says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We have a trustee here, Evander Duck, who is a large proponent for discipleship training. Because Van knows that iron sharpens iron. As Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Please remember that, guys. Spend some quality time with folks who are studying, learning, and walking God's word. And watch what happens to you. I don't care if the only thing you learned was a correct way to spell discipleship. At least you learned something. You'll learn something, and when we learn about Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes that knowledge and anoints it to the point that we want to tell people about it. I often say some of us want to speak in in arenas, but right now God wants us to minister to the folks in our living room or in our neighborhood or in our immediate circle. Remember, all of us can't be a van or a Pastor Mike. Our role model, by the way, is Christ. Please remember that. Okay, I got so much stuff on this paper, and I'm not, I'm not going to try to keep you guys in here all day, so I'm trying to skip around. <laughs> See? We learn about the role model the more we spend time with him, as I said earlier. We're able to hear from him in the midst of a storm and are able to separate the terrifying winds of life from the voice of God. That's where we want to get. Because guess what, guys? the storms will come. And it looks different for all of us. So we want to have already established a great relationship with the Lord. Yeah, this is skipping around. Okay. Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I don't quite understand every passage. And I know you guys have been there as well. And the Lord tells us to pray for wisdom and understanding. So I will pray and I'll say, Lord, I'm not understanding. Because I think I missed something here. Because that did not make any sense to me. But later that day, I might turn on the radio in my car to the Christian station. And the minister is using that same passage of scripture for his message. And he's practically breaking it down word for word. And right there, that's just a reminder to me that God hears our prayers and he answers. I'm going to share a quick little story with you guys that's on that same vein. Uh, A few years ago, I attended Eckerd College. And before I went to Eckerd, you know, like I said, I grew up here. And to go to Eckerd College, to me, was such a big deal. But as I got older and found out just how expensive it was, I just, man, that's no way that's going to happen for me. But when I started working at the phone company, they had a program and they had tuition reimbursement and all of that. So 
I was able to go. But before I went, I went and talked to a guidance counselor over there, and she was telling me about part of the curriculum there is to travel abroad. Well, I had never been out the country. You know, I had been on a plane because I was military. I had flown a few times, but I had never been out of the country. And from my understanding, you got to fly a long time to go over the ocean. I'm like, but keep in mind, I'm praying, asking the Lord, Lord, I want to see the world, but I'm also afraid. Hmm. How's God going to work this thing out? Because I'm telling my Father who art in heaven, as he has said, as this word says, you have not because you ask not. So I'm praying, and I'm, so I go over there, and I'm talking to the counselor, and, and she's also telling me about the trip and all of that, and I'm sitting there trying to act all sophisticated. I, I'm like, oh, absolutely, I'd like to travel with that class and all of that. I ain't had no passport, none of that. But I just remember that I had prayed. Well, in one of the literature classes, I befriended a lady, because she and I, we were just like on it in that class. You know how you have some people in a class, you just want to say, please sit down. Why are you trying to be the teacher's pet? Well, I love my experience at Eckerd, and I worked hard, made great grades and all of that. And this friend, Cheryl, she was kind of on the same vein, so she took a liking to me. And every time I turn around, bam, there she was. I'm like, who is this person? So we kind of got to know each other, and we were talking one day, and she said, I'm going to sign up to go to that trip because you know they're going to London and Paris and oh it's just going to be so great and she's going on and on and stuff and I'm just standing there because I'm like I want to go but I can't tell anybody because I'm afraid and oh my goodness so finally she's talked me into going and and signing up for the trip so I'm like oh I don't know I don't think this is for me or whatever and she came over to me and took my hand, and this kind of blew me away. She said, listen, I don't know where you are in your faith, but God told me you're supposed to go on this trip. Now, I'm taken aback. First of all, why didn't God tell me I'm supposed to go on this trip? What? How do you even know I'm a person of faith? You bringing that here at Ecker College, I don't even think we're supposed to be talking about this. You know, I was just taken aback. I was like, what? But I trotted over to that office, got my name on the, on the list, but the lady said to me, are you kidding? People signed up for this months ago. It's full. Oh, I was almost giddy. I couldn't wait to run back to that chick. I'm like... And by the way, I don't think you heard nothing from God about me, because that trip is full, thank you very much. But she did me the same way that I did, John Lorenzo. She goes, I'm just telling you what God said. Okay. Two days later, the professor called me, and the person on the list had gotten a family emergency and could not go on the trip. So now my name on the list. <laughs> oh, Lord, Lord. My name is on the list. And a few weeks later, me and 14 other people and two professors traveled to London and Paris to study. 
I was like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> Straight up Beverly Hillbillies, didn't know any of that. You know, when we were in Paris, we were supposed to come down for breakfast every morning. There were certain things we were supposed to say every morning. I came down with my country self, good morning. Like, mm -mm, no, you need to go back up and work it out and come down here. But that was just confirmation to me about us praying and asking God for something and not knowing how God's going to answer the prayer. We can't give up, guys. And it's not on our same time. That's where it gets us. Because sometimes I think when we go into prayer, we want to open our eyes and bam, you know, like it's some kind of genie thing, rub the bottle or whatever. God wants us to have faith. He wants us to bring it to him, and then he wants us to back off and let him work it out. Work it out. Yeah, and we're so thankful for that. And I got to tell you, that traveling to Europe, you know, like I said, I was the first time out of the country and had that passport and everything since then. My family and I have traveled around the world around the world. There's only two continents that we've not been on, and that's Australia and Antarctica and everywhere else. We've been to Africa, Asia, but had I not gone there, if I had just letting that fear just cripple me, none of that would have happened. Our second fill is spend quality time with God and he will show you good and wonderful things that will astonish you. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known, Jeremiah 33.3, and that is the truth. My walk with God hadn't always been that easy, and I've not always been in places where God and religion was a, a, a thing of the day, because I worked in corporate America for 30 years. There was no religion there, you know. They didn't want you talking about any of that. I worked at the uh, phone company right downtown, was in that building all those years, and there was just rules and regulations. And you know, it's so funny to me sometimes, I would think, because you know, I sit at my desk and I'm working on reports and dealing with customers and discipline employees and all of that stuff. <coughs> and I would say, you folks can tell me your protocol. You can even tell me what you won't tolerate but in the meantime, me and my Jesus, we over here praying for you, your building, and your protocol. <laughs> you know? Because that's where I was in my life. But on September 11, 2001, I was in that building on the second floor, and we knew our country was under attack. And like the rest of America, we were just frozen because we had never, for me, I had never experienced anything like that. And we had hundreds of employees in that building, and they too were stunned. And so then we started getting calls from up on the sixth floor. They wanted us to come up. And when we got in the elevator, the ones who were in the elevator, we knew right then who they were calling, the people of faith. The people who they had asked to keep your faith on the down low. We don't want you to bring that here. But they were calling us to come up to that sixth floor and ask us to openly pray for our country. Ask us to pray for those people in that building. There was no protocol that day. It was just Jesus. It was just Jesus. 
And I, and I thank God for that. And I thank God for the other ladies who were with me <clears throat> who prayed as well. But then it made me think about like the Samaritan lady from the Bible who met Jesus at the well. Suppose she had adhered to the so-called protocol of the day because she had no business talking to Jesus. None at all. They didn't get along or any of that. But that lady got the blessing of a lifetime. I'm sure she took that to her grave. And prior to that, she going back to the town telling the people, let me tell you about a man I just talked to. Let me tell you about the Messiah. And that's where God wants us to get to a place where we can say, let me tell you about a Jesus who met me when I was at the hospital praying for somebody who was on their way to glory. Let me tell you about a Jesus who showed up. Let me tell you about a woman who was diagnosed with cancer and is still walking around and talking and preaching and telling people about the goodness of God who loves to go down there to the homeless ministry every chance she gets to tell people about the goodness of God. What? Oh, no. Don't try to shut me down because I've learned you can give me some protocol. You can put me in a box, but it's still me and Jesus. I'm going to walk over here and talk about it a little while if I have to. Oh, no. Yeah. I, I would I adhere to the rules. Like I said, I'm ex-military. I understand when y'all tell me stuff, I got to do it. Y'all can't tell me nothing about my Jesus. No, 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 no. Because there are times in life when it's just you and your Jesus. Those people who make the rules, they don't show up. They ain't there. They don't even know. Like some of you guys came in here this morning with some stuff. If people knew it, it would blow them away. It's just you and your Jesus. And in order for it to get stronger and stronger, we got to spend time. You know, you got to spend some time with the Lord and, and, and sit still and let him talk to you. You know, I, I like when people say, oh, oh, thank I've ever heard from God like that or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you haven't. But try to get that vision out of your head of Hollywood. Because that ain't how it's going to go down. You know, if that's what you're waiting on, ah. And it's so personal for everybody. You know, just like the Lord used that lady in that class. I'm still talking about that because I'm like, really? Practically a stranger. But now she and I, we're like best of friends. But I had to have the kind of faith to understand that the Lord speaks to us differently and he meets us where we are. And that's what's so amazing when he meets us where, he, where we are. Because sometimes people want to tell you, well, by now you should be doing yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. That's not how this works. God knows that you're here. And he's going to scoot over here just a little bit and, and give you something. Not more than you can handle. Because I've had times when God has given me some stuff and... Um, I was in an MRI machine once, and I didn't want to go in that MRI machine. I was afraid. I didn't like tight and banging and all of that. But when I got in that machine and that stuff started, and Jesus showed up, and let me tell you, this is the weirdest part. Every time I thought I was going to get afraid, he started telling me who to pray for. 
And then he started telling me stuff about people that I don't think I was supposed to know. <laughs> and he just kept pouring it on me and pray for this one. No, 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 not like that. And, and say this. Now, I don't want to sound like weird or anything, guys. And I don't know, Pastor Mike might come back and reprimand me. But I just have to tell you where I am and what happened to me. That's all I can go by. And I guess I'm saying that to say you don't know exactly where you might be when you get that kind of encounter with the Lord. You know, I hear people say they're in the shower, they're in their car, wherever, wherever. But I know for me, I have to be still. Because yeah. there's it's stuff going on here. It's crazy up here. So I know I got to be still and hear from God. And when he shows up, then I just have to be quiet and listen. All I can do is listen. Talking about the Samaritan woman, you guys know that story so well about the woman with the issue of blood and just how she needed a healing. There is no way protocol or none of that other stuff was going to stop that lady from going to be with God. And that's how we want to get. We want to get to that place where it was not the rules or any of that stuff that says, no, you can't, stay away. One other quick little thing that is always so funny to me is when people say, you know, I can't really pray out loud in front of other people. I, I just get so nervous, and I get that, because I'm not real comfortable with this public speaking thing. And so I always say, if I get up here and I, um, I faint, then one of y'all going to have to run up here, revive me, and then I'm just going to get up and keep right on talking. Amen. I'm going to keep right on talking. Amen. You know, and I think that's where we have to get in life because the enemy wants to come at you and tell you, no, you can't do that. You know you're going to faint. Mm -mm, it's going to be all right. But what a blessing it is for the Lord when you step out of your comfort zone the next somebody says, ask you to pray. And even though you're fearful, you just get out there and say what it is that God wants you to say. And it's like when um, all of us who have children, remember when they were little and they have to do something at the school, missing the front teeth, and they got this little speech to do, and they're just going at it or whatever, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, you are wonderful. Well, that's how God is about us. He's like, oh, she's nervous. Look at her. She's doing a good job. Oh, you know? And I think that's what we have to think about because other than that, we either want to try to pretend or we just say, no, I can't do it. Yes, you can. So y'all already put the um, fill in up now? Okay, thank you. Reggie, thank you. Please know the personal relationship with God is not that hard to find. And there's no mysterious formula. As soon as we become children of God, we receive the Holy Spirit who will begin to work in our hearts, order our steps, and join in with our praise and worship. The work on our hearts is a personal design for each of us according to our hurts, experiences, faith, and walk. And that's why it looks so different for each of us. Yeah, my Bible tells me he knows us because he has given us those distinguishing nuances. And that's where that feeling for the uniqueness comes. Your uniqueness makes you who you are, and you embracing that uniqueness blesses God. 
Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I consecrated you to myself as my own. <laughs> That's so precious. My other little topic, who do you say I am? I love in the Bible when God flips the script on the disciples when they say to him, the people want to know who you are. And he would answer, who do you say I am? The father asks us all that question because he knows there will come a time when we will need to know him personally. And we can't fall back on what mama said or what grandma said or what the pastor said. He wants to know, who do you say I am? Number four, it strengthens your personal walk when you personally know God, who God is to you. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Now listen to this, but what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by the Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Where are we, John, with time? We're good? Okay. All righty. <laughs> well, as I get to a place where I can close, there's just one other little story that I want to share. And thank you guys for so being so patient. I appreciate it. But I remember when I was little and I shared a bed with two other people. So I told you we grew up, it was a bunch of us and we were in a little house. But I woke up one night and there was no one, no one in the house. And when you're a little kid and you realize that everyone's gone, it is a frightening thing. But this is the little girl who knew that she could cry out to the Lord. Amen. Lord, help me. I'm scared and I'm alone. Help me. And I remember crying and I cried myself to sleep that night. But the next morning, I woke up after that fearful night to the brightest, peaceful, most beautiful sunlight in that little room that I shared with my siblings. In fact, the colors that morning were like nothing I'd ever seen. They were vivid golds and yellows and orange, shimmered through those little thin curtains, cascaded up the wall, landed on our bed and rested on my chest and face like Jesus was giving me a gentle hug, reminding me that he would never leave me nor forsake me. Remind me of Psalms 35. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. (laughs) 
Of course, at that time, I didn't know that scripture, but I lived it without even knowing it. My relationship with Jesus has always been personal for me, even to this day, in that no one can tell me who my God is or how to worship him. If I feel like clapping my hands and waving my arms, me and Jacob, that's what we're going to do. Or standing still and having a gentle cry, that's what I'm going to do. God meets us where we are, why we are, and who we are. He just wants us to be real and authentic in his presence. Please remember that. And in order for that to really happen and to take place, you're going to spend some time with the Lord. You're going to get into his word and read and get understanding. And when you read and it's not something that you understand, ask people. You got a pastor at this church who is all about the word. Pastor Mike will, t will explain stuff to you. And there are other resources. Just remember that. So as we get ready to conclude, now is the time when we all get to do something in this service, and it's just between you and God. It's a very personal thing. We make a decision. We make a decision about whether or not we want a real and authentic relationship with him, or we can even make a decision as to whether or not we want to follow him. So I just want you right now, if you guys don't mind, if you bow your heads, kind of close your eyes, because we're at that personal part now. The whole group thing has just moved to a different level. It's personal. We want God to know and understand from our hearts that we hear him. We feel his urgings. We know it's the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we're afraid. And sometimes we're just being us. But this morning, I want you guys to make a decision of whether or not you want a real relationship with God. If you want to walk with him with a knowledge that will enable you to tell other people about the goodness of God. If you're at that point, I need you to raise your hand. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. These are your people. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. Lord, we thank you for every opportunity to come into your presence. We thank you for knowing us better than anybody. You knew us before we even knew ourselves, Lord God. You take us the way we are. You knew we were going to mess up, do things that we're not proud of, Lord God, and you're always there waiting, saying, welcome back, my child. Lord God, you know there is a many knees in here this morning medical concerns, financial concerns, family concerns. We turn it all over to you, Lord God, and just ask that you work your magic. We thank you that we're in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor and ask that you just give him rest, bringing back a fresh, Lord God. I thank you for the leadership here and the leadership in the other churches. Thank you for my friends who are here this morning to support me. Lord God, we hear you, we trust you, and we believe in your word. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand.